Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to You Love to See It, Fanbyte's movie review podcast styled after a delightful neighborhood video store. Every week, our friendly staff watches a movie and decides if it was worth waiting for tonight, and therefore on our esteemed staff pick shelf, if it made us feel enough emotions to guarantee a spot in our entirely adequate middle aisle, or if it did nothing to get us on the floor and is therefore doomed to the confines of our dreaded dumpster. Working the counter today, we actually have three people, which is very exciting. So you have yours truly, Danielle Edward James Olmos's excellent dad shirts, <laughs> Riendo, <laughs> my fellow JLo fans, Fernanda, anything for Selena's Praches. How are you, Fernanda? I'm not doing as well as Edward James Olmos's excellent dad shirts. <laughs> We also have our producer today, who's also going to be a co-host, Paul Busticaca. Dilamenta de Mayo. <laughs> How are you today, Paul? Sorry, I couldn't get through that without laughing. It's very good. No, How are you? No, it's fine. You you nailed it. Uh, I'm happy to be, uh, you know, out of the maintenance closet where I usually hang out, just, you know, <laughs> listening to podcasts and playing on my Switch. Yeah, I am, uh, me siento muy excited to be here. Thank you for having me. <laughs> I was just waiting for this. I was like, if Paul doesn't deliver that line, I'm going to have to. This needs to be said. (laughs) We excited. Yeah, it's really good. It's really, really good. Uh, Well, of course, this month uh, we're doing a very special holiday tradition. And this month we are doing Happy Pop Holidivas Month. And, you know, we're sure you can figure out what that entails, being that you are our listener and therefore a person of superior intellect and distinguished taste, but we'll explain it anyway. Throughout December, we're picking movies featuring hop, like musical divas who also took their talents to the big screen. Get it? Holidays, Hollywood, divas, Holly divas. I know, I know. We're in awe of our own genius sometimes, but whether the divas in question started off with acting or just got into it later on, whether they're good at it, whether or not, you know, any of these things, none of it matters as long as we believe they possess the true Holly Diva Spirit. And today we're doing a really, really special one, and I'm honored uh, to be uh, talking about it. We are breaking out our sexy bustiers, we're getting the washing machine dance moves going, and we are diving into a truly delightful diva movie, a film about a diva starring another diva, 1997's Selena. It is Selena. Como La Flor from Selena y Los Dinos, which had just skyrocketed to the number one spot. Selena! 
every triumph. He is so cute. But mom, you can't tell dad. Came heartbreak. You don't think I know who you are? I come from the streets. I know what a bum musician is. I'm not going to stop seeing him, dad. I'm not going to have this in my family. And with every success, you know we got a problem, Yolanda. Came the risk of betrayal. Selena, I'm worried. I would never take anything from Selena. Discover the true story of one of America's brightest stars that faded too soon. Those of you who are new to what Amazon Prime calls a tragic but uplifting story, uh, this is the basic deal with Selena. Selena is a 1997 biopic about singer, dancer, Tejano star Selena Quintanilla Perez, an energetic, you might say effervescent presence, who was riding the wave of crossover superstardom when she was tragically killed. It stars Jennifer Lopez as Selena in her own major breakout role. Edward James Olmos as her very cool but occasionally very angry dad, and John Seda as her absolutely adorable metalhead love interest. Uh, the film basically follows her whole life, from childhood singing at very small gigs all the way to her breakout performances in Mexico and Houston and her family life. Okay, so welcome to Setting the Scene, which is the segment where we introduce the movie at hand. We talk about our, our history with the cinematic masterpiece and, and this month with the starring diva in question. Paul, you are our special guest, producer and special guest today. So I want to wow. hear a little bit about your history with the movie and also with Jennifer Lopez. So both Selena herself and Jennifer Lopez herself. Yeah. So yeah, this one's a bit of like a, a Russian nesting doll of, of sorts sure. in terms of like the, the sure. who, you know, our previous experiences with. Um, so yeah, I'll start off with Selena, I guess, first and foremost. Selena for me was, she meant so much to me and my family growing up. She still means a lot to us, especially yeah. me. Um, because yeah, it, it was kind of the first, I mean, so her first studio album came out in 1992 when I was just four years old. I was oh, just wow. a little baby, little baby child. Oh. But I, re I remember like, I mean, some of my earliest memories revolve around her music just being in the house, in the car, on, on the drive to see family, at family parties and gatherings. My sister had CDs and tapes that were in heavy rotation. So she was a part of my like, my earliest, earliest memories. So I remember you know, just looking, not only looking up to Selena, but also like just, she was kind of my first diva that was like of my generation, so to speak. She was obviously a little older than I was, but you know, she was kind of around the same age as my sister mm. and she looked like my sister. She looked like my cousin. She, she looked like our friends. So she meant a lot on that front, but she also meant a lot in the sense that we were American born children of, you know, Latin descent and, kind of embodying what a lot of our parents envisioned for us as like a metric for success, right? Like, mm -hmm. you know, kind of achieving the quote unquote American dream or whatever that means. But, um, but yeah, she also bridged a lot of gaps in, in the sense of like, you know, between generations and cultures, obviously, because she, she sang in both English and Spanish, but she was also American born. So she was exposed to, you know, things like disco and, and funk and soul and like, you know, pop music of, of all kinds. So it was, it was really cool to, to see someone like Selena come out and, you know, just be such a presence uh, long before she started recording in, in English. So it was like, 
it was, you know, everybody sort of, at least like here, in, especially here in the States, because I also have like f- friends and family from like throughout Latin America who like kind of missed the Selena wave because they were mm-hmm. just sort of so removed. And it was around the time where mm-hmm. like things didn't spread as quickly as they do now. Like, sure. you know, now we have like TikTok and Instagram and yeah. Twitter and all these different platforms where things kind of spread almost overnight. So sometimes, you know, I'll mention the the sort of, the importance that she held for for us growing up as as first you know first or second generation mm-hmm. American born kids you know depending on however you define that um, it was uh, it was cool because she, you know she would she would pay homage to Gloria Gaynor and Donna Summer and and my parents loved that obviously because they came up in the seventies and but she was also singing you know cumbia and and like like kind of traditional Tejano music, which for us is a, a little bit removed from our own our own sort of culture because we we I'm Ecuadorian. So um but the cumbia sort of roots held throughout like that's something that is kind of universal throughout Latin America. And a lot of those um kind of roots that a lot of those musics share a lot of heritage, like you know, like especially with like disco and and cumbia, especially because of like the just the nature of the sort of rhythms in which they came from, which you know were brought over from Africa and stuff. So a lot of, there's a lot of like shared heritage, especially with, with Selena. Mm -hmm. And it's interesting because, um, you know, when obviously after the, the tragic, tragic death, her tragic passing, um, you know, there was like this sort of reluctance. I remember, especially like within my family of like the movie coming out being like, oh, this kind of feels because the movie was like rushed into production or yeah, you know, reading, on it, reading about it now. Yeah. Yeah. Cause it, it you know, she died in 95 and I think the yeah. movie came out pretty shortly afterwards. Yeah. Like two yeah. years. Yeah. So those wounds were still like pretty, pretty fresh. Yeah. And, um, for a lot of us. So it, it, but it was interesting in the sense that like, I remember sort of my history with, with JLo up until that point was, uh, I was exposed to her. I think a lot of us were, especially within the black and brown community, but we didn't quite know it. She was, mm. she was a fly girl yeah. on In Living Color, which was a huge, huge show yes. for, for us growing up. And, um, you know, we would find out like, you know, around the time the movie came out, they're like, oh yeah, she used to be in like In Living Color. And that was like really cool. And then of course, like afterwards, she kind of became a, a, a you know, really big star in her own right. And, you know, an actor and singer, um, but it was it was interesting to like see her rise in the sort of like the shared mythos of Selena because it it was one of those things where like I mean no disrespect to Jennifer Lopez I think she's obviously extremely talented and you know she she was kind of snubbed for awards when it came to the the Hustlers uh, award season very snubbed um, still haven't very gotten snubbed. over it <laughs> yeah very very snubbed I mean honestly like. Her performance in that is is like yeah. on par with like Pacino or De Niro, any any of those sort of like you know crime gangster movies. It was just like unbelievable. Anyway, um, so it it is kind of this tragic. Like she also is sort of this constant tragic reminder of you know what was lost and what could mm-hmm. have been because she, you know, again, no no disrespect to Jennifer Lopez, she's talented in her in her own right, but you know what we could have had was like. It's it's just like Selena is so painful to talk about because, you know, a lot a lot like our shared culture and history, it revolves and it's like deeply rooted in tragedy. Yeah. yeah. And um, yeah, so it, you know, my long winded answer is like I have been a fan. I still am a fan of Selena, 
And this movie kind of cemented her as this like mythical figure that like, it's interesting too, because I'm reading about the family and and the the father and how protective he still is over like her image and the rights and her legacy. Yeah. And um, there was even like an author who was, who was brought on to do a a sort of like a, you know, a biography on Selena Mm -hmm. and equated her with like a saint and they're, they're, um, I forget what, I forget what they are, but their, their, their religion doesn't, they're, they have um, Jehovah's Witnesses. Jehovah's mm, Witnesses. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. So they don't believe in saints and stuff like that. But, you know, for me and for my family and for a lot of us, she really is this sort of like saint-like figure where, you know, it's just, you know, she's forever cemented in in her like youthful image because that's the only thing we got yeah. from her. And, and um, yeah, it's sort of this eternal, you know, thing that we can point to and, and just remember because that's all we got. And it was like very brief and short, but... Yeah, I I love Selena, and um, this movie was also one of those things that was like a, a cultural touch point for a lot of folks because mm-hmm. you know for a lot of folks that's how they got to know Selena, mm-hmm. and it's great because I think that's like a, a really great um, sort of way to get into her her legacy and, and celebrate her because she was she was so special, you know. Yeah, God, yeah. Fernanda, I want to hear from you too about your history with Selena, uh, the movie Selena, and also Jennifer Lopez. That's going to be hard to top. Uh, I know. Yeah, so Selena, to my knowledge, wasn't big, wasn't huge, at least in Brazil. She could have been maybe before when I was very a little and I don't remember it because I was, uh, I'm almost Paul's age. I was born in 89. Mm. But um, so I I knew of her Um uh, as a figure, as somebody that uh, Latina um, pop stars and actresses dressed up as for Halloween a lot in the iconic Astrodome outfit. And I knew, mm. obviously, that she had uh, died very young and in a very tragic way. But in a very... I hadn't watched the movie. I didn't really know that much about her. I knew that she had existed and that she was gorgeous and that she had... Uh, Beautiful clothes. <laughs> that was kind of the extent <laughs> of my knowledge. Sure, and sure. then I met my current husband, who is Mexican. And he, if you can picture this man's, this tall, bearded <laughs> man who's always wearing like ba- ripped band t-shirts uh <laughs> of like metallica and i don't know motorhead and what else do you like boo boo everything bad religion the Ramones. yes uh, the band himself <laughs> but he loved selena like for real like selena's music which newsflash has nothing to do with any of that and he said (laughs) i asked him to give me like a little he he is always trying to explain like mexican slang in terms to me and i can understand them to a certain extent but a lot of it just just living it but he said that uh at the time when he was a teen it was considered uh naco music naco is a term that can be very elitist kind of classist but um not necessarily because rich people can be nacos too it's kind of like tacky um, okay. so it was considered kind of ta- naco music, but he still, he, him and his brothers, uh, really loved her. And we watched the movie together in a virtual date when I was in oh. Brazil still, and he was here in Mexico. It was one oh. of the first movies we watched together. And I was oh. obsessed with Selena from <laughs> then on. Obviously. Yes. Obviously, because... 
I I was just like, and 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 Paul touched on a lot of it, and I know we'll get into it uh, in greater detail. But when you talk about her being sentified, it's hard not to because mm. we didn't get to see Selena's. We don't know if there would have been a downfall. Uh, hopefully not. But like we, she existed in a very perfect, pure way, right? Uh, her life was cut very short. She was only twenty three when she was killed. And she really was reaching all of the things that she had set out to do. We never got to see the down part uh, or the slump or anything, right? We only got to see this this ascending uh, trajectory. And to, it's it's a very interesting story because it's like Paul says, it's like so full of what ifs. It's very hard to look at her life and not think about all that could have been. Um, and I can imagine when he says it's an emotional topic for him who grew up with that, uh, with Selena being such a big symbol uh, and, and you know, representing something that didn't represent for me emotionally and, and culturally. But, you know, I was just really fascinated with the whole thing. I was just in awe of how much she accomplished, um, you know, make making it as far as she did the whole all the layers of it the fact that she didn't even speak spanish when she started learning to sing in spanish and that the same spanish that her dad had to what that that was suppressed in her dad and her dad's generation in school was her ticket to start like it's just a very very interesting whole uh story and she was obviously a very captivating charismatic uh just fully engaging and engrossing characters. So um, that was kind of how my Selena interest uh, began. And then with JLo, I think I kind of just, I've honestly stopped to assess uh, JLo's part in like pop culture recently. And I do think she was one of the divas I took for granted my whole life. Like she was just there. Mm, (laughs) If you had my love was like, is a video that I remember vividly watching all the time when I was like, <laughs> <laughs> right? Like on TV when it yeah. first came out. And I, TRL. Yep. <laughs> we didn't get TRL in Brazil, but we had like oh. a, a show called Disc MTV that was like a, like a rankings type show. And this was okay. always there to my uh, recollection. But yeah, like I saw the video today again, by the way, and it's wild, but... And now, like, I looking back, I'm like, J-Lo is the fucking bomb. Like, she's the hardest fucking worker. She can do everything. And unlike the other divas that we've discussed here on this show, she wasn't somebody who started in music and then pivoted to movie. She was always kind of like a triple threat. Like you said, she was one of the Fly Girls. Um, And I, I was reading she had a record contract before going into movies but that never happened so movies were her first thing selena wasn't even her first uh role and then she started a musical career and reading things of the time is really wild because people keep talking about it like this major risk like oh you're taking a risk like coming from like being a a good like actress who's on the rise and taking a break to record an album and it's (laughs) wild to read that now because it's like (laughs) yeah i'm pretty i would say she was pretty successful (laughs) in the music thing (laughs) but um yeah that was my my relationship with both of them and the movie and I was really, really excited to talk about it today. And I was really, really excited to have Paul uh, join us yes. today because it's very obvious he has a very strong emotional connection to the to the theme. Yeah. 
Honestly, same. I'm, I'm very excited that Paul is here to talk to us. You're muy excited, Danielle. You're muy excited. Muy excited. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 100%. I'll go very, very quickly because my history is not as long and deep, but I was still so, so blown away by this movie and like so charmed by this movie. Um, so I had never actually seen it before. This is my first time watching it. I was aware of it. You know, I was like 11 uh, when, when Selena was unfortunately killed. And, and so I remember reading a little bit about it. I remember reading like magazine articles in my little teen yeah. magazines, like as an 11 year old reading, you know, literally teen magazine and whatever, 17, the shit you read as a teenage girl in 1995 <laughs> and, and like hearing about Selena and hearing about this like incredible singer who was doing all this good crossover stuff. And it was so exciting. And she was gunned down and, and Jennifer Lopez was going to be in this movie. So I remember like the buzz around it for sure Mm -hmm. and I just never ended up watching it until this week and just you know again I don't want to spoil anything but just was so charmed especially by the performances in this movie and by how hard everybody goes in this movie and how not just like how hard they go how unbelievably charming and like how much life they give uh, this movie it's it's really something and I I have always liked Jennifer Lopez I have always appreciated her talents I have appreciated her time as a fly girl I appreciate her in music videos <laughs> like I appreciate just how much again she just and maybe it's just my perception but she just seems like the type of person who puts a thousand percent of herself in everything yes. that she oh, does yeah. and she yep. can do everything and that yeah. is just unbelievably like that's just so fucking both charming and also attractive. And again, I'm not yeah. trying to be gross, but like that's so attractive, like as a person who can just do everything and goes for it in everything she does. Like I, bu- I truly believe like when she buys groceries, she like goes for it. You know what I mean? <laughs> so that's a perfect list, like an Excel <laughs> yes. spreadsheet. Yes. And she attacks it with like <laughs> yes. a bandit. She's I, like juggling avocados. Yep. Like this one's, this one's the one. This is the one. <laughs> like a hundred percent. And it's interesting because like she's not the best necessarily at any of the things. Sure. Like she's not sure. the greatest singer. She's not the greatest actress. Yeah. I don't know sure. shit about dancing. I don't know if she's the best at dancing. Maybe. Uh, <laughs> but the way that she does all of it is just very. It's like it's you incredible. said, Danielle. It's kind of like you yeah. can see that this is a person who's really working at her craft in all of it, and that's amazing. Yeah. Yeah, and I just appreciate it's, it's that. Also, yeah, go ahead, please. Oh, no, I was just going to say, like, Fernanda mentioned earlier, too, It's one. Of, she's one of those figures where, like, I, I have also taken her for granted. Like, she's mm. she's been in the game for decades, yeah. and, and that's, like, that's no small feat, you know? It's like, you know, feel how you feel about, you know, her, her you know, regular life or, like, her music or her acting sure, or whatever, sure. but it's, like, undeniable how, how hard she actually works. Yep. And, yeah, it's, like, it's it really is admirable. Like, it's... It's uh, you know, I I can't do a fraction. I, I don't have the energy. I have I'm I'm on my last brain cell, so I can't imagine what it's like to you know to be to go as hard as J Lo does. To be honest, I'm like ready to retire as a mildly uh, oh. accomplished 32 year old. Same. Done everything, and she's like still interested in doing it and uh, yeah. looking amazing while doing. It. I'm like J Lo. Yeah, I will admire you from afar. Um. And I'm tired just looking at you, honestly. <laughs> honestly, yeah. <laughs> it's really good. She's so incredible. Uh, we're about to go into our stripping it down section where we really 
go all in. We're going to really spoil things. We're going to go in on the plot. We're going in on the performances. We're going to go in on many aspects of the movie. So just so you know, we have spoilers ahead. So if you have not seen Selena, and you should, you should go watch it. Go watch it now. You know, put this on pause. Go watch it now. And then you can come back uh, and, and we'll be here in our spring it down section. Okay, so something I wanted to talk about here at, at the off the bat, uh, something that's on all of our sort of must-discuss items here, is that the, the movie itself, like the plot itself, is like, I think it's okay to say like it's it's like a fairly corny structure. Like it's like a very mm-hmm. like uncomplicated, you know, portrait of a person's life. And I think that is, you know, more than fair. I think we do this, you know, especially in terms of how quickly after her death this movie was was made. Um, but again, that it, it doesn't matter. Like, it doesn't matter if it's a little corny, that it is just like a pretty, you know, uncomplicated portrait. And again, I say this as like saying that everybody's life is complicated. It doesn't matter who you are. Like there are complications in life and that doesn't make somebody bad, but like Jennifer Lopez and Edward James almost especially go so hard and have such like incredible chemistry in their scenes. They have such incredible, like, it it just feels like such respect for each other. And I know that's part of the role. That's part of the father daughter relationship, but I I think it's something very, very, very special. And definitely want to hear y'all's thoughts about it because it it seems like that was something we all thought like, this could have been corny, but it doesn't matter. They, they just do such a good job with it. Yeah. There, there seems to be this, like, I don't know, even this like sort of, blurry filter over some of the shots where it it kind of feels like you're looking into like a snow globe or some kind of like menagerie or something because she's she's this like you know this this princess and and we we keep we keep saying it but like you know like the saint that you know was kind of it was undeniable how how pure she kind of came across especially at that time so yeah it, it it's it's definitely cheesy and and hits a lot of like beats that you would expect, but it, it also makes total sense because mm-hmm. um, that's how a lot of us viewed her. And again, like it really cemented the the sort of mythos that she had created and, and her family had created around her, her legacy. And I mean, even like, I, I know we'll probably get into it in a, in a, in a second yeah. here. And Fernanda would love to also hear your thoughts about the tone of the movie, but even the way it starts, it kind of starts with like, her father's origin stories and like her or story rather. And the way that also informed her own upbringing and stuff. So it's like, it's this obviously very sanitized, very uh, manicured version of, of, you know, the events that I'm sure are way more complicated than they, than they are portrayed on screen. But it does kind of feel like this fairy tale that was obviously has such a tragic ending. And, and, it, and it starts with like oh, yeah. her last televised performance mm-hmm. So it, it, you know, it starts with this like gut punch of a reminder that, you know, she was taken from us so soon and that's kind of how it happened in real life too. It, it was so unexpected mm-hmm. and it was so tragic, it, you know, it would just kind of came out of, out of nowhere. And, um, yeah, it was, uh, yeah, it was, it, it's a lot for, it's Fernanda. A lot. I'm so curious to hear what you think. Yeah. Like it, it takes on, 
a very optimistic kind of tone. And I think that's very reflected even on their choices, which I understand, like the, even when we talk about the tragedy of her death, right? Like they just go right past it. They clip some scenes. It's like the whole idea really is, I think, let's not focus on her death. Like enough focus has been put on that. Let's talk about her life. Um, Mm -hmm. So it really does. And it kind of blows past some more, which could be more thorny aspects of the whole situation, right? Because obviously I saw the Netflix show, which was two seasons long. Um, It's not great. The wigs are horrendous. (laughs) Um, (laughs) The padding is suspicious. Um, the acting is fine. Uh, the girl who plays uh, Christian Serrato's who plays Selena is just gorgeous. Her dad is the guy who played Carlos Solis in Desperate Housewives and played uh, the asshole police guy on um, Santa Clarita Diet. But okay. it's okay. it's not an. I I thought the the show was worth it because of the story. It obviously gets to dive deeper into things that the movie didn't have time to touch on. But it's. Not great in many ways. Uh, it's my understanding that Chris Perez didn't really have a say on it. Um, mm, and it's yeah. very focused on the family. Like a lot of people complain that the first season was really focused on Abraham. Um, and I think the idea was to paint a more flattering picture of him, uh, which does not happen on the series. He looks even more like a controlling asshole. But in the movie, you can see that they kind of blow past what could be more complicated aspects of this uh, dad who had a failed career, who is obviously living vicariously through his children. (laughs) 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 It was obviously also an economic choice because the uh, restaurant went under and they had to find a way to make money and he saw in his family an opportunity and granted that was a very uh, good foresight the idea of doing Tejano music was also very good foresight but it was also kind of forced on the kids um you know you're kind of I, I don't know I'm always icky on a personal level about parents who make their kids do what they want to do instead of what the kids want to do but different times <laughs> Um, they kind of blow past all of that right it's obviously not interested in diving into any possible negative aspects of everything. It's really told in sort of a rosy lens kind of way. And it does end up lending itself to kind of a cheesy touch. But I do like how they portrayed Selena on the show. I think she's more of a pushover. Uh, The series Mm. really portrays her as her own independent person, uh, spunky and funny and just like, you know, really respectful and attached to her family but also very much her own person which i think is amazing and i i really like the way that they dealt with the aspects um that i'm sure that i saw that paul put on his notes and that he briefly touched on of just sort of the mexican-american existence the little uh speech that abraham gives about you know how it is uh, you know, how she was born in America, like the the sort of conflicts of being a person who's kind of an outsider still, even despite being born in America, that, you know, may not be seen by their American peers as fully American, and that would also not be seen by their Mexican peers as Mexican and existing sort of in this limbo. And I think the movie uh, approached that in a very sensitive and smart way. So I think basically it's a very cheesy very cutesy biopic but i don't 
think it's a problem. Like considering the time that it came out right after her death, when the wounds were so fresh, considering how well it was led by the actors. Um, I just think that it really works, you know, and I don't see why I also focus on other things. Selena really, to my knowledge, like even after, you know, years later when there's been some contention between Chris and the Quintanillas and like some talks about the Quintanillas, uh, sort of overprotectiveness of, 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 of Selena's image and, and, and everything else like her, the person Selena really seems to have been highly unproblematic. <laughs> Just yeah. like, <laughs> like there's really no reason why not to paint her in a good light, I guess. So yeah. I don't know. I really enjoy this movie. I think it's generally just very uplifting and, and cozy and, um, you know, very bittersweet, obviously, because there was no way to change what happened. But overall, I just, I don't know. I really enjoyed it. God, yeah. And that's an aspect I definitely want to hear more of, because that, that is also definitely in Paul's notes here about that kind of, uh, that scene, especially the very early on scene as we're, you know, we're, we talk about the whole movie. Uh, we don't go in order anymore. But <laughs> like the scene, I it, that also really, really struck me, Paul, when I watched it, the scene where, uh, the father and Selena, he he starts teaching her like, all right, you, you, you need to sing in Spanish. Like, I, this is part of who you are. It's super special. That scene and the scene where he talks about being Mexican-American and like, you got to be more Mexican than Mexican and more American yeah. than American. And like these things that just, it felt so incredibly heartfelt to watch. And that's me as an outsider watching it. So I want to let you speak and, and hear your thoughts on this. But that was in your notes as well here. Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, um, it, I also like, I don't want to like, um, I guess, forget the fact that Edward James Olmos, who was in so many like historic, uh, like monumental films mm. for um, especially like Latin American mm. folks here in the States, yeah. like he, he, he means a lot to us, oh, like yeah. in, in the sense of like the movies that he was a part of mm. that we grew up on. And like stand and deliver and all, you know, all these other, you know, classic movies. So like his performance and sort of like weight adds so much to the, to the role itself and like kind of the, you know, if, and also like, you know, kind of putting aside uh, some of the stuff that like Fernanda had mentioned in terms of like the, the sort of weird um, or not weird, but the, you know, the extra possessiveness of, mm-hmm. of his stance on, on her image and and all that stuff her catalog um yeah like there there is a sort of there is a very real connection to the experience of growing up um as um an american kind of first mm-hmm. and then latin american also at the at, at, at the same time um that speaks to me and, and my siblings so much because yeah there, there's like there's a there's that scene where he, he's kind of driving and telling her, or I think they're driving and, and yeah. he's telling mm-hmm. her, you have to be more American than the Americans. You have to be more Mexican than the Mexicans. And, you know, neither side is going to really fully accept you. And in a sense, that's like a very real thing. Like I, I, that's a very real like identity crisis that I think a lot of American born or like, you know, first or second generation um, American kids grow up with is like this huge chip on your shoulder that you're kind of in between. You don't really belong on one side or the other. And I also get it a lot whenever I speak out about kind of representation issues and stuff, especially within games, um, because, you know, uh, believe it or not, there are a lot of like uh, assholes 
that also exist in in Latin America that um, will are very vocal about telling me that like I'm not really mm-hmm. you know Latin American or I'm not really this or I'm or I'm more of that mm-hmm. or whatever. And you kind of have to like build up a a shield against it over time. And the the scene where um, he is teaching her the lyrics to a song in Spanish and kind of translating it as he's going over it is something that like is that I did a lot growing up. Like my, my mom especially would, would play music for me by like uh, this Chilean folk singer, uh, Mercedes Sosa, Mm, or like this uh, Dominican singer, uh, Juan Luis Guerra, who like are, are very like prominent figures within our culture. Mm -hmm. And like, they kind of also do the same thing of like, kind of, you know, just, um, teaching uh your teaching you about like the history of our people but also like presenting it in in obviously a musical form mm-hmm. that's like catchy and danceable or sometimes just really sad um and i have like very real memories of my mom at a very early age like showing me these songs and like singing them to me in spanish so i would learn them in spanish but also like translating them in english mm-hmm. because you know she had to learn english to also communicate with us to an extent so yeah, like that scene is like it's still like super powerful for me because it, it's it's a very real experience. Like you, you kind of you have to nurture that at a young age. I feel like and and um, you know my parents kind of went out of their way to like really you know fortify that from an early mm-hmm. age because especially in this country that kind of gets tested and, and dismissed and rejected um, in in so many different kinds of ways, like from the micro to macro. Mm-hmm. Um, so you have to like really you know fortify that from from a very early age to like remind the youth that like you know you you also have a legacy you also have a history and a culture that you come from and you know while you're building this new version of what the you know what this extension of that is like you know because you know just because i'm american doesn't make me any less latin american Mm -hmm. i'm just like an extension of that legacy like i'm a a different branch of that very large tree um it, it was yeah that's you know one of those scenes where it kind of cements that that mythos around Selena that like she was she was that sort of figure that bridged so many gaps and spoke for a lot of us like because she kind of inherited a lot of that trauma and a lot of that history mm-hmm. that is inescapable especially when you're you know when you're brown and you live in this country mm-hmm. so yeah it's uh that scene is so so powerful in, in so many different ways and um you know and and pairing it with the the sort of the intro with the father's experience very early mm-hmm. on and like the, the sort of opportunities that were kind of snatched away from him and his friends, it's like, it's heartbreaking. It's, it's super heartbreaking. So you, you can kind of understand why they went so hard, you know, practicing and going to gigs and, you know, kind of going against what was, what wouldn't have worked on paper, but she, she was just such an undeniable talent that none of that mattered. It, it's, you know, it's, again, it's like, it's hard to, separate that from her like saint-like figure of like it was just like kind of predetermined you know it was already written that this was going to happen um so yeah it's it's this movie like yeah it it has a lot of accuracy in it and obviously because it was made in part with him as an executive producer abraham at least um so yeah this movie does a lot to like really show you what that experience is like in a way that like not a lot of movies do. Mm-hmm. So, and that scene also, like, I mean, when she kind of, they're worried about her interview and she's, you know, she, her Spanish is going to be bad. <laughs> like that's a very real thing. Like, you know, I, my, my Spanish isn't perfect. I, I can get by, I'm fluent, but you know, that's a thing that 
we struggle with all the time. And like, and any sort of crack in that armor, uh, especially even amongst family or, or people from, from Latin America, if they, if they spot any hint of, you know, that American side of you, it's like, it's immediately challenged and, and questioned and, and, you know, kind of looked at funny. So yeah, she, uh, that's another reason why, you know, I think a lot of us admire her is because she, she kind of broke through that in so many different ways. Yeah. It's, it's really, it's, it was really eye opening to me, especially in, in the sort of like, both in terms of like being, you know, Mexican American and also being a woman like that. She broke down like many multiple barriers and that she made it, there's a line and I don't want to mischaracterize it, but that, you know, the father says, almost like she made it look easy. Like it was just like, she just, she just did it. She was just like that foundational and transcendent of a talent. Um, and I, I, it's, it's like, oh my God, <laughs> it's just like something to witness, you know, you're just like watching yeah. it and I'm like, oh my God. Yeah. This is truly, truly incredible. So I they want to say, yeah, please go ahead. No, just a quick note that I was reading yeah. uh, a Texas monthly piece that is actually very good. That has little pieces of, bunch of people involved in her life, including Abraham and Chris Perez and Suzette and AB. And um, they kind of mentioned that this really was like, obviously she fine tuned her style and, 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 and became a, a better and better singer and performer uh, throughout the years, but that she was already like insanely talented as yeah. a little kid. Like she already showed all that promise and it's, yeah, I don't know. It's hard to, to, um, I don't know. I don't believe in destiny, but I don't. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, it is. But uh, it's just, it's very, it did seem like this was a person who just had to be a star. Some people just kind of, it just kind of feels that way, right? We can't really put our fingers on what makes them special, what makes them them. And some people just have it. We've talked about this on the show in the past and Selena obviously really had it. And I think, that the reason why I think Jennifer Lopez was so successful in this role is that she also had it. So more than looking necessarily like Selena, like, um, who nobody does. (laughs) It's like, right. uh, Right. (laughs) Or, you know, mimicking anything. And she lip synced over Selena's, uh, actual songs more than sounding, looking, whatever. Like, I just feel like the main success point and what really made me drawn to her performance was that, she also has this sort of characteristic, this sort of just shine and charisma and the sort of ability to draw you in. A lot of people who talk about Selena talk about that, how she really transcended audiences, how little kids and horny dudes are like all of her. (laughs) (laughs) Grandma's little kids and horny dudes are like uh, quite a a crowd. They all loved her because she just had that sort of ability to make you feel like you were – talking to her like you could see her like you know and 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 that to me what it's what all the major amazing you know historical performers uh, are able to do to me that's really it just the ability to connect with people on that level and i think jlo also has that and to yeah. me that's why it was such a good uh such a great pairing even though there was some controversy at the time because um jlo yeah. was actually puerto rican um, yeah. she's not Mexican. So I, I didn't even know because it was actually my, my husband who brought it up. He was like, Oh, I wonder if there was some like noise. And I'm like, it's 97. Oh, there was. And there was, right? Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. I, I mean, I remember even amongst my family, like I remember my sister and my mom, it's, it's, it's like an interesting wrinkle added into the, the sort of story of this movie and as it relates to Selena and, and even her own identity, because I remember, you know, hearing us even sort of joking about the ways J-Lo pronounced some things oh, like, okay. like she was technically speaking Spanish, mm-hmm. but it, she was trying her best to do like, you know, a Mexican American <sighs> accent yeah. and, and it didn't quite, you know, hit or land in, in, in the right way. She didn't really stick the landing in that sense. So the movie always kind of had an asterisk over it because of that fact. And it is kind of like a, you know, it, it's, it's tough because she, kind of embodies a lot of the the spirit that Selena had in terms of being like this hardworking, mm-hmm. extremely talented mm-hmm. professional, even from such an from such an early age. And but, you know, some of the details were a little off, but it, it was kind of fine to, you know, just blur your eyes a little bit and, <laughs> and, and let it just kind of sort of become this uh, interesting interpretation of it, but it is part of it. Yeah, I, I remember that being a part of the discussion, even amongst my family, being like, "Yeah, like we would kind of laugh about mm-hmm. it," but you know, it's 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 complicated. Yeah, yeah. I wanted to ask about that, um, but yeah, you, you super uh, just covered it, and it's like a it's such a Hollywood yeah. thing too, right? Of like, okay, it's a Latina. Like, don't complain. <laughs> Be glad that yeah, it's yeah. not Close fucking enough. Scarlett Johansson doing it. Right. Like, just, it, it wasn't a white woman. Like, yeah, right, right. No, 100%. Like, 100%. What, what are you on about? I actually, saw, <laughs> I actually saw an interview with the director kind of saying that, um, I'm pretty sure it's the director, saying that he was hurt by by protests i didn't even see the direction i re- literally read this in one story but kind of saying like oh like we should be glad because it was i think the first time that a latin actress got paid like a million dollars for a mm. role or mm-hmm. something along those lines and uh what he was saying was kind of like oh i think it should be celebrated that a latin um you know actress is getting this kind of like it's a win for all the latin community so while I get that, uh, I also get being like, you know what? There's kind of difference uh, among us. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and as a Brazilian, I, I can even, because we're a whole separate thing. Uh, I'm always like tickled when Americans are like, you're Latina. And I'm like, am I? Like, I am in that I'm, I'm from Latin America, but Brazil speaks Portuguese. We're kind of like... We're kind of alienated from the rest of the continent. Sure. Uh, so it's very, it's very strange. <laughs> like I'm always like, I don't know what I am to Americans. I, I'm just Brazilian. <laughs> we're just, <laughs> we're just doing our own thing. Uh, but, <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> so when, um, when, when I, I was, it, it, it was interesting to kind of think about that because it's such a complex thing. I think today it would have been a lot different, like the effort mm. to actually cast a Mexican sure. actress, yeah. but I don't know. My personal well, opinion as a as yeah. a Brazilian white person who saw this uh, in her thirties, I like J Lo in it. <laughs> but, <laughs> I, I mean, yeah, it still works. It still sure. works. But I get that my perspective is entirely different and is that of an outsider. So, so something I want to ask. Uh, as well, I guess this is switching gears a little bit, but it's something we've touched on a little bit, and it has to do with that charisma that she has. And the movie embraces the charisma of both, you know, Selena and also J-Lo. It's also such a funny movie and such a warm 
movie, like hanging out with the family yeah. and there there's drama. Like I do want to touch on that too. I do want to hear about how people felt too, because Abraham is like definitely shown as a very positive, protective, kind and loving father figure, but he's also very possessive, very, very, very possessive. And in ways that are not healthy at times too. But other than that, this family is like, these are people I want to hang out with every second of every day. Like they make things like who's eating, whose chips, like a hilarious, genuinely like funny, warm kind of moment. And like, I, this movie, again, it won me over immediately with that charm and with that humor and with that, just like, this family is cool. This is a family of people who make music and tour together. And they're like that tight. And there's something very beautiful about the idea, especially in that first performance, not the first performance. It's, you know, the last performance really um, of Selena's, but how the movie opens where it's like, this is the family. This is mom and dad and a sister and a brother and their sister who is like a super, super, superstar uh, evolving. Like they're, they're all in this together. Like there's something really, again, charming and funny and warm and positive about the tone of this movie that I found really, really like so inviting. And I, I just talked way too much. <laughs> Please, I want to hear from other people too about like the humor <laughs> and the warmth, I guess, of like of the overall movie and the vibe. Yeah, I think that's one of the film's like strengths, to be honest, because I think if you have a, a bio a biopic or a biopic, however you say it, um, that's a little too like serious throughout. And you don't release that tension every now and then, especially with a story as tragic as yeah. this. It it um it begins to you know feel like a real drag. It can feel real heavy in a way that like I think the Netflix series, which I only watched like the first episode of because I couldn't bear to watch the rest of it, <laughs> sure. to be honest. I, I might sure. I might try to go back someday and, and try to revisit it, but it, it's 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 kind of rough to watch, in my opinion, um, in a way that this one doesn't uh, feel. Yeah. I, I'm, again, I only watched like the first episode, but yeah, like seeing Edward James almost like fall when he's setting up the drums mm-hmm. or like, you know, the sort of the, the, the boosty caca, which was my, my AKA at the <laughs> yes. top of the show. Like all that stuff is are these incredibly funny moments that you know we till this day like me and my family will or my, my friends especially like we'll still quote you know like anything for selena it's like that <laughs> stuff is so <laughs> it's so good like and and I, yeah i think it kind of lends to the, the the real capital f filmmaking that <laughs> happens in this film that that like you know in addition to the strong performances for, you know from the mom the dad and, and the siblings uh, and selena herself like there's some really interesting creative choices being made. Like the one thing I pointed out in addition to all the the humorous moments was that like really, really impressive tracking shot that we see when we first are introduced to Abraham and Marcella in the, in the restaurant. I, I, I guess I didn't really like clock it the the first hundred times I watched (laughs) this until I had to like kind of analyze it for a podcast. But that shot is really long. It's very dynamic. It it kind of is like I, I wrote it in my notes here. It's like some Goodfellas tier shit. Like that, you know, everyone yeah. points at the one where he's he walks through the kitchen and stuff. But this one is is very similar. You see, it starts in the kitchen. They go out to the dining area. It comes back to the kitchen. It it, it you know it turns into a, a medium close up mm-hmm. on on Marcella. Then it turns into a close up on Abraham. It I was watching it like enthralled like holy shit like this there's some real cool stuff happening with the doc like the fake documentary footage so like the humor part of it makes a lot of sense that like you know they want to celebrate both the good moments um you know that happened throughout her career because like you know the the story overall yeah it is kind of tragic and 
and makes me uncomfortable that like anytime there's like stage parents in that way, I kind of feel yeah. a little icky about it, but but the humor definitely helps to re- release a lot of that tension throughout. Yeah, that scene of her date with Chris to me was one of oh the, the I can eat a whole <laughs> medium pizza by myself. <laughs> <laughs> I sent uh, uh, both of you a little sticker sheet that I have with like a little <laughs> Selena cartoon stickers. And one of them is I can eat a whole medium pizza by myself. Um, that scene to me was... One of the most believable dates I've seen in a movie, like legit. Yes. I was laugh. I was like smiling from year to year watching it uh, yesterday, just because I was so in that moment with the two, and they were so charming, and it seemed very natural, and it seemed very organic, and it was really funny, and I was, and that is where I think the movie wins. Um, yeah, and I can absolutely understand. And appreciate, like, kind of what I said earlier, uh, putting, making it an uplifting thing. Because Mm -hmm. I, a lot of Selena's fame, at least in a mainstream way, came because of the tragedy of her death. Um, Feel free to correct me, Paul, if, if, but my impression, because from what I see, what I heard, uh, I saw a couple of documentaries, read a couple of things, but like, it was just, um, she was a mass, she kind of lived that dual life up until the end, right? That she was a massive, massive star um, for the Latino community. And she wasn't that well known among the Anglos, uh, as they, they say. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of (laughs) like, yeah. And and that I actually read an interesting anecdote that they actually show in the series that she went to this bougie restaurant in L.A. and nobody knew who she was. But then the kitchen staff uh, saw that it was her. A lot of Spanish speaking people. And then they made mm. like a whole fuss. And we kind of have a scene like that in the movie at the store where this nudie um, sales lady doesn't know who she is. Uh, but then she gets recognized um, and it turns into mayhem. And I think she kind of probably led that life up until the end her fame was 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 obviously growing increasingly she had won a grammy um but her crossover career which was her dream and in the series they really uh talk a lot about that because in the movie they made it seem like oh let's just make her record an album in english like that makes sense in the series it's more like something that she really pushed for all the time because Mm -hmm. her icons were janet jackson her icons were yeah. Paul Abdul, right? She wanted yeah. to have that kind of uh, career. Madonna, Madonna exactly. Yeah. And her career and that kind of success. So you can understand that. But um, her crossover success, her English uh, language album came out after her death. So, right. Yeah. right? So I would imagine for her family, a lot of her stardom and a lot of the things that happened in those two years that followed, especially knowing how exploitative our culture is, was probably so focused on her death, which was completely bonkers. The whole story about the way that she was killed really was bonkers. Um, So I can absolutely understand and appreciate a movie that comes out with a totally different tone and that is not really necessarily interested in dwelling on less than than positive or uplifting things you know yeah yeah and and just to add real quick yeah you're right like she was her sort of mainstream crossover success hadn't really landed until you know unfortunately she she was killed and that sort of helped you know unfortunately help like really um accelerate that sort of mythos around her and you know it was also supported by 
millions of of Spanish speaking uh, fans who were like, yeah, you know, she's been great for forever since forever, like for like several years now. And um, it's also a, a huge shame when you when you consider that, like, you know, just a few years later, the sort of Latin explosion, especially mm-hmm. like within American mm-hmm. uh, or Western sort of like pop culture, especially on the music side was going to be taken over by like, you know, Ricky Martin and Shakira and and Enrique Iglesias and Mark Anthony and all these other, you know, and Jennifer Lopez. Yeah. So, yeah, it, it was just like, it, it just was a, a reminder again of like what could have been. And and you're right. It was just, uh, you know, it's just, you can, you can think about the million different ways that her career could have taken off and probably could have still existed, you know? And, and also it's interesting to think about like, you know, what could, what could that have meant for Jennifer Lopez too? You know, like if this didn't happen and if this role wasn't sort of created and carved for her, especially, um, because in a lot of ways she is kind of perfect for the mm-hmm. role and, um, her sort of, you know, her smile, her laugh, yeah. everything, yeah. it was, was very similar to Selena's and that, that you were just, you know, drawn to her, uh, it, it, yeah, it, it, it worked so well. Yeah. I'll be honest again, even, even not having much history with her and not having much, um, just history with her story other than knowing the basics. Like I teared up at the end, like I teared up with the, the sort of montage that showed Selena herself and, uh, you know, her sort of, again, like a hit song that, you know, came out for that album. Like I fully teared up and was like, Oh my God, like what a fucking loss. And I know, and I don't want to be that person who's also just obsessed with someone, uh, you know, posthumously and like only cares about someone once they're dead and, and has this, this, you know, again, like the fucked up relationship we have with death in our culture and in our media and all of it. And the way we treat women, especially, especially women of color and the way, their deaths are treated. Like, I don't want to contribute to any of that, but the movie does, like, it's very, does it's take, a- like, a very specific, uplifting tone mm-hmm. overall, uh, the way Fernando was saying. And, like, it, and it does have this, like, I think, moment of real sadness and reflection um, at the very end there that, like, hit me right there even even as a person without a lot of this context just fucking knocked me over on my ass on my couch you know crying on my dog yeah. basically kind of thing but yeah that's sorry go thing. ahead it's, Fernanda. no it's just impossible to dissociate i get what you're saying yeah. and i as somebody who is a very basic white bitch in many ways and consumes <laughs> true crime content um with knowledge that it's not healthy for me or anyone else. I, <laughs> I, <laughs> I understand a lot of the, you know, you don't want to make this about the tragedy and the way that we exploit tra- tragedy is very yeah. gross. And at the yeah. same time, it's very hard to dissociate because so much of her legacy um, is associated with the way that her career ended because of the what ifs, right? Like, it's easy to sanctify a person who we only got to see the good of. Um, yeah. And that's not to say that we would have seen something else, but it's kind of like what Paul said, what we have is a very specific portrait, right? Yeah. Uh, that, that ended. So it's very, it's very even difficult to discuss the career. It, it's, it, it's, it's very hard to separate entirely 
uh, her career from the way that it ended because it was so abrupt, because it was so weird. And it's it's very interesting. I kind of noted that because we're so used to we like tragic figures, right? In culture, right. but right. we usually we see that in life, and we saw that with one diva that we talked about, Whitney. Um, yeah, it, with Tina Turner in a different way uh, because it wasn't an undoing of her own making, but still, uh, she went through really difficult times. And with Mariah, with Britney, right? All these figures that we're so fascinated with. Um, we saw them go at uh, Amy Winehouse, right? Like we saw yeah. the tragedy Fuck. throughout their lives. And with Selena, we never saw that. We saw like a perfect person who was on the up and up and we only saw good things happening. And then the worst thing happened right in the middle of the good things, right? As she was doing the crossover album, right? As she was discussing having babies, like right as, yeah. and it's so weird. It's so difficult to even talk about it or like wrap your head around it. Because is that less or more tragic? I don't know. I don't think it matters. I don't think we should quantify tragedy right, right. in those terms. But it's <laughs> yeah. very, yeah, it's just a very difficult uh, legacy as an outsider to talk about. But as somebody like Paul, uh, you know, who has a more emotional attachment because she really became this really aspirational figure. I was reading, uh, you know, people talking about why they were inspired by her. It's like, it's not just that she w- she came from a background of, you know, working class family. They went through really rough times. But other than that, the way she looked, like she was brown. She was brown skinned and she mm-hmm. had curves. You know, she had, she didn't, she was Madonna-ish in the way she dressed in a way, right? Like she was in conformity <laughs> with sort of like the style of the time. But at the same time, no, she made her own style. She looked like somebody, uh, you know, she looked like a Mexican person. So I don't know. I just, I have a tough time even like articulating it because it's just such a fucking unique figure. And it made me think about JLo's sort of unproblematic legacy too, because then I started thinking, I was like, JLo also never really had a moment of like public disgrace. Did she? Like she has been there. I think maybe that's why we take her for granted a little bit. Maybe. Uh, Yeah. Only by association with with, Diddy, right? uh, Diddy. Right, right, right. Yeah, 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 true. True. But um, no, yeah, I think I think you're right. I think like so much of what made her special was something that the movie really goes into like really interesting depths about when it comes when it comes to like not being afraid to be yourself and like embracing that sort of you know, that part of Mm -hmm. you that you can't deny, like you can't deny how, how she looked. You can't deny, like, there are some things you can only like sort of, you know, I guess make uh, palatable Mm -hmm. for white audiences. Mm -hmm. Um, But she embraced it. Like, I mean, I I remember, I remember being young enough to, to remember sort of the zeitgeist feeling a certain way about curves and, and feeling a certain way about like just the way women's bodies were just naturally that, that the way they are, mm-hmm. you know, and, and like she didn't shy away from that and from showing it, you know, like much to um, obviously the chagrin of, of uh, Abraham, <laughs> at least in the movie and stuff. Sure. Um, just wear your bra. But, yeah. <laughs> 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 um, but there's like a, there's also like, I, I kind of wrote here in my notes about like, there, there are parts where I think the, this is just like me kind of nitpicking and it's not entirely necessary for you to understand the the entire sort of message and, and understanding of why she was so important to us. But 
the movie kind of drops the ball in some ways, especially if you're watching with captions on, where a lot of the the singing portions, they're, they're just captioned as sings in foreign language. So if, if you don't understand the lyrics, it's not like a huge loss, but it it does it does add a ton yeah. if you kind of can really process what she's singing about and the sort of you know the sort of love ballads mm-hmm. and and songs that that you know our parents grew up on and and we grew up on as a result it's it's this interesting part especially like in my life now as a 33 year old <laughs> where um i remember you know mes- messaging in our in our group chat that we have uh, between the three of us uh, over the holidays for Thanksgiving, um, me and my family kind of eventually made our way to the living room and we started like casting stuff to the TV. Like we were all like on YouTube, mm-hmm. just like putting on our favorite songs and music yeah. videos growing up. And we had like a dedicated block for like Selena videos. <laughs> uh, yes. And um, it, we were all kind of reminiscing of like, oh, remember that song and this song. And obviously we talked about how tragic it was and stuff. But but um, there was this very real like, I don't know, celebration of that, that still happens, especially in my family. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, it, it was just, I don't know. S- Selena holds such a special place in our hearts. And um, I don't know, like it's, I'm as a 33 year old now, that's the point I was kind of getting at earlier. It was like, I have nephews and, and a niece now that I have to like now be that person mm-hmm. to like basically do what, Edward James Olmos's character Abraham, the real life Abraham, was doing with her and sort of passing down that that legacy. Mm-hmm. And I find myself now having to do that with like the younger generation. And, and it is kind of cool, despite how folks feel about, you know, obviously the Quintanilla, I guess, estate um, lending out her image and stuff to like a company like Forever 21, mm-hmm. which, um, you know, I, I've definitely seen on the streets, like the the youths. <laughs> um, wearing the the Selena t-shirts yeah. the, you, kind, you kind of feel a certain way about that but also it's like it is that's cool yeah. you know that, that's really cool to see these young uh and and not just like latina people but like people of all like folks from all different walks of life celebrating that legacy in the same way that we celebrate the other divas that that came before us like it's that's i think that's really cool i think that's that's really hopeful and like inspiring and and um this movie while it's not perfect while it's very cheesy and, and has you know rose tinted uh, filters yeah. on for the entire thing. <laughs> um, it still is like a, a cool little story to to kind of cherish. Yeah. Um, that that also does a good job of crossing over and kind of introducing folks to Selena. Which yeah, again, like I kind of love it for that. It just but it's also I'm extremely biased, <laughs> so it's like hard to separate that. Shout out to the costumes, though. Oh my god, yes. Oh yeah, because <laughs> they are. Amazing. And then when you see the little, the final uh, footage of real life Selena, and then you compare it to like what the, the stuff that JLo wore. And it's so yeah. good. The, uh. the, the costumes are so amazing and the hairs are amazing. And honestly, I dress the rhinestones. I dress like rock and roll Selena. And I'm like very proud of that. Oh my God. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> Today it just I <laughs> Like, Fernanda, I already loved you. That made me love you even more. Like, for real. Like, oh, my God. (laughs) Like, at the one hand, I'm like, I don't want to, like, empty. Because that's what happens a lot, right? When you put the figure of the person. And I think that's where the conflict kind of probably is for you, Paul. Like, when you put the person's figure on T-shirts. And that's what a lot of people talk about. Che Che Guevara stuff. And, and, you know, you kind of empty the meaning. And you kind of capitalize. uh, you, You sort of, like 
turn into you commodity you commodify something else maybe and sometimes a person just right. only appreciates the aesthetics and again that's not necessarily like there are, there are problems with that you can empty a person's legacy by doing that but at the same time like selena obviously herself uh was very um obviously into fashion she started her yeah. own opened her own store and wanted to branch out into fashion and collaborated uh with a with a big fashion designer at the time um, they focus a lot of that too on season two of the of the show. Mm. So I'm I think it's kind of like a really cool homage that her style really translates to today. That in 2021, yeah. people still think that the way that she dressed in like 95 was really fucking cool. I think that's really, really cool. Oh, it's God. part of her legacy as well. Like some people might think it's vapid or whatever. And I think it's awesome. Like it was something that she cared about. Obviously she hand beaded her bustiers and, and the whole thing. And that God, it yeah. still makes sense that it's still cool that it, people still look at her and think this is like the coolest freaking lady. That's awesome. Yeah. There's a, a very striking scene for me where, um, they're both in the car, her and, and uh, Chris yeah. is his yeah. name. And um, she has like this this hat on, like this cap on. And she has like the dark lipstick and the hoop yeah. earrings and like her hair in a ponytail. And that is like what my sister looked like throughout the <laughs> nice. 90s. So like yeah. it, it, that style, like you said, Fernanda, is also kind of coming back yeah. in, a, in an interesting way. And like it really is cool to have a, this sort of style icon that – also happens to be one of us like we're you know it's like she also carved in so many different ways she carved her own lane and um it's it's still influential you know like i mean there's how many um you know latin a singers are exist now even like selena gomez and stuff like um that share the same name and and, mm -hmm. and sort of come from that from that legacy it's like it's uh yeah it's interesting it's interesting how she has been immortalized and I think this movie plays a huge role yeah, in that. I think, I think so. folks, yeah, like in addition to the, to the albums that came out after her death and, and, but this movie, I think in particular really, really like cemented her as like an American icon, I want to yeah. say. And, um, you know, yeah, I, I think it does a, a great job of telling her story, even though it is, you know, obviously sanded down and, and polished in a way that might seem inauthentic. It still has the, the major, you know, plot points, I guess. I think that makes perfect sense. I, I want to shout out one little thing before we move on uh, to shelf life. And it's, it, it's a, it's a small thing and it's like a cute thing, but I genuinely loved the romance between her and Chris yeah. so much. Uh, Fernando <laughs> mentioned that, that date with the hot sauce and the pizza and like, it, it just, it's so adorable. It is, it, they have such good chemistry and like, I know some of it, some of the writing is maybe not as, you know, top level as, as some of the other scenes in the movie that maybe are, are a little bit more meaningful or culturally, you know, speaking to something very deep, but it was, it is so cute to me that she falls in love with her like adorable metalhead boyfriend. <laughs> and he is like in love with her. He is down, he is downpouring. He gets in that one little fight with his, his like metalhead friends and they have a fight over it. And oh, just yeah. the whole structure of that, is like again i know a little corny it's a little cheesy but their relationship on the screen just translates so beautifully it's like they both love fast food 
They love each other. <laughs> they love the idea of having animals and babies. Like, it's just, it's really, truly, I want to say it just has, like, a spark of life. That's something that keeps coming up, especially after we watched Wild Wild West the other week, yeah. where, like, you know, they clearly people tried to, like, put some life into it, and it was just lifeless. But this movie is all that. It is all, like a spark of life. And I feel like that relationship really has it. And I was just rooting for them, even though I was very sad and I knew what would happen. And just like the way she's like, you know, how does it feel being a married man? He's like, it's great. He's just like driving down the highway, like happiest day of his life. He doesn't care. He has his girl. Like, it's just honestly like, of course he's happy. He married Selena. Yeah. (laughs) Imagine. I guess you could say this, this movie was certainly not loveless. And actually, Uh, the thing where he was dumped in the middle of the road uh, actually happened. Oh, God. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, it was the parking lot, a lot of a Whataburger. Um, That's where. Oh, no. Chris. (laughs) That's where he was out of Abraham's wrath. And that was one quote that I found was kind of uh, alarming. Cause uh, yeah. he said, like Abraham said, like oh, I was, I was like threatened by him because I thought like Selena would marry, would marry him, and like that the band would be in danger. And it's like, uh, that's not a great thing for a dad yeah, to it's say. It's a little fucked up. It's a little fucked up. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is. It's, it's, kinda it's weird. kind of weird. The whole thing is like it's a different. Like he has uh, uh, the actor who plays him in the series talks a little bit about how like his dad had that sort of machismo in him too, and you know it's it's a different time and a different like culture, and they obviously had their religious beliefs, you know whatever. Like we don't even have time to get into all of that. So <laughs> right, um, sure, sure, it's a different lens that we have to look at certain things, but like. Looking at it now in 2021, like I don't want my child to get married to the man she loves because it might ruin the band that makes money. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. Right. Uh, not ideal. Not ideal parenting, but okay. And she was really young. She married uh, Chris when she was 20, and yeah. he was 22. Wow. Yeah. So. Oh yeah, they were both so young. It's yeah. Babies. It's hard to even remember how young she was because she she looked older. I think like she looked to me more like mid late twenties. Like she looked very mature, Um, Mm. and just the amount of shit she did (laughs) by twenty three. This lady had accomplished so damn much. It's insane. I have my a hard time like wrapping my head around that. Yeah, I uh. It's, it is, <laughs> honestly, when you're talking about people who have this much talent, it's, it's hard. It's like almost hard to, to ponder and to truly understand, to truly like get, get, just get those brain cells, get my own one brain cell around it, basically. <laughs> um, <laughs> I know we're going a little long, but I feel like Selena deserves it. Um, was there anything else folks wanted to talk about before we do go to our final section, which of course is shelf life, where we figure out where to put this movie on our shelf? Uh, I mean, yeah, yeah I think like it kind of informs for me, at least I, I'm, I'm uh, again, super biased here. Please, I, I, some of my earliest memories involve Selena just existing within our family and like her music and her art bringing us a lot of joy and, um, you know, and still, and still brings us a lot of joy. Like I mentioned yeah. even just this past Thanksgiving. Um, so it, it is this kind of really interesting interwoven thing of like, you know, 
Jennifer Lopez's own rise is linked to Selena, you know, and, and that's this tragic story in its own right, but it's also this kind of like new beginning for someone else. Mm -hmm. And, and in a lot of ways, Selena definitely like paved the way for a lot of folks after her to sort of come up and, and exist in that space comfortably and, you know, record, uh, albums in English and Spanish. Like I remember at the time it was like wild that like what Christina Aguilera is, is ha, can speak Spanish. And I was like, yeah, believe it or not. Um, <laughs> so it, it was this, like this movie is such an interesting, weird, unique thing, you know, and it, it's like yeah. equal parts, beautiful and, and uplifting and tragic. And, uh, you know, just, it, it's just this weird, weird thing that exists. And it's like, yeah, it's just it's just so fascinating to me. God, yeah, it's, it's, it really it really kind of blew me away. Like I said, uh, and I'm so glad that it did, and I'm so glad that we picked it uh, for for our movie store, movie store, movie podcast slash video store. <laughs> I just said <laughs> yeah, movie yeah. store. I don't know why. <laughs> I'm just gonna throw a little wild fact that Constance Please. Marie, who played oh, Selena's yes. mom, was only 32. <laughs> that's <laughs> that's wild. Bananas. <laughs> she actually wild. They tried to dress her up like she was older. Yeah. I'm like, ah, you, you did your best. You yeah, your best. It's, it's like I actually loved her in the movie. She's, she's such so a good. like, she's such a like chill but loving and also fun. Like that's the other thing. It's it's not like oh mom as like stern figure. It's like mom as like who she confides in. Mom is who she talks yeah. about, like wanting to have a baby. She talks about being in love with Chris. Like it's really beautiful that there's like this again, this almost like sisterhood element with her mom and with her sister. It's it's yeah. like genuinely mm -hmm. so infectious and and I was just smiling through the, all those interactions, just like, oh my God. So she actually like, auditioned to ties. be Selena first. It's wild. I'm like, she's like three years Whoa. older than <laughs> J Lo is right? her mom. <laughs> that's so wild that's that wild. she was three years older like that yeah. is truly truly well, i mean it's, i guess it's hollywood but that is out there <laughs> <laughs> but they all tried their best <laughs> that's, and that's yeah they tried matter. they tried their best them and the makeup people good on them for yes, giving it their they best did a great shot. job Listen, this happened yeah. in real life with me when somebody thought Merritt was my daughter at Penn Station. Real thing no. really did happen on our way to PAX East in 2020. It's a real ass thing. <laughs> oh, no. Guy came up to me. I'm so sorry. I don't mean to like derail the podcast, but I feel like no, since no, I brought no. it up, dude fucking came up to me and said, you have a beautiful daughter. And I was like, are you fucking kidding me? What? Are you kidding me? Are you serious? That is serious wild. Right yeah, it was a lot. It was huh. a lot. Merritt's taller than me too. Just, I'm just saying. Like, you know. Anyway. Wow. Well, if we if we need a, a Merritt mom for the biopic, we, listen, Hollywood podcast. Yeah, we got Honestly. we got you. Anyway, I'm going to stop derailing our podcast, and I'm going to bring us into our last segment, which we call shelf life. That is where we decide where the movie belongs in the video store. Is it a bona fide staff pick? So we display that proudly in the staff pick section. Is it a, you know, respectable middle aisle placement? Or, you know, or does it go to the dumpster? Now, I want to let y'all, uh, I want to let y'all 
talk about it. Paul, Paul, what do you think? Where do you think this belongs in the video I'm, store? I mean, I'm obviously biased. Uh, even if this was like something y'all had behind the counter that was like, oh, Paul, Paul has one recommendation this week. Um, I, I mean, I, I think it's kind of worthy of, of a staff pick cho- selection. Um, it does it, again. It, it is kind of like a for me. Um, you know, this really well deserved. Ah, I'm trying to think of like you know just story yeah. like myth about this figure that we all, I think a lot of folks maybe still don't know about. Um, which is you know getting easier to believe as as time goes on because this is now you know 20 years ago, um, so. Or more, more, I guess now. Yeah, um, twenty six. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, wild, wild to think about. Like you know, over a quarter of a century, um, that like there are probably a lot of young folks out there who haven't seen it. So yeah, I, I think it's well deserved of a of a staff picks, uh, you know, honor because I I do think it's like it kind of it kind of is up there with any other, you know, biopic of legends uh, that have have had the chance to have like the sort of rise and fall story. Um, whereas this is just sort of like a, a you know, n- almost that, like the, the first part of that, which is even more tragic. But yeah, I, 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 I like this movie. I like it a lot. And it, you know, a lot of people I know and love have also seen it. We quote it all the time. So for me, it's definitely like a favorite of mine. Um, and it, it's also obviously helped by the fact that it has such a incredible soundtrack oh and God, yeah. all of her like music in it. So it's, yeah, I love this movie. Mm, absolutely. Fernanda, how about you? Where, do, yeah. where are you seeing it? I'm just going to correct myself because it's been 26 years of her death, but 24 of the movie. But I... I got you, got you. I will say, Paul, I came in ready to place this in the middle aisle. But then after doing the show with you and like just yeah. being transported and seeing it through your eyes... Um, I, (laughs) I, I don't know, like, and, and just kind of like contextualizing it. It's very hard for me, like as a standalone biopic to put anything on, like to consider it a masterpiece because there are obviously limitations you can do with, I guess, the genre. But Mm. I think considering its role sort of culturally and, the acting and JLo and all of it, I would, I, w- I wouldn't have a problem. I think we should put it, I would put it in our, in our staff picks, honestly, like it's, it deserves its own special kind of appreciation. It's kind of yeah. what I feel about it. And I, as somebody who watched it much older with no connection to it as and, and fell in love with Selena through the movie and not through anything else, I I think that it just has that kind of movie that has that kind of power deserves like some special appreciation. So I vote with Paul. Um, I'm completely with you. When I first turned it on, I was afraid like, oh, is it going to be too corny? You know, like, will will I just not be able to, you know, fully appreciate this because of the format or, or that kind of thing? And I told y'all I cried. I don't cry at movies very often at all. Mm. Like I, I am not like unmoved by things, but it, it kind of actually takes a lot to make me f- fully well up and like actually cry 
and like shed a tear on my dog who again watches movies with me at all times like he's always on my lap when I watch movies whether I know it or not he's there it's one of those (laughs) like I cried on Drake (laughs) at the end of this like I Mm. cried on Drake that's how much it kind of blew me away that's how much the charm of this movie the just charm again of the performers like really kind of got me I'm I'm all about it let's put it let's put it in the staff picks I think we should I think we should like I don't know like I almost want to like Paul I want to like put your your you know how like sometimes the staff picks had like a picture of somebody's oh it should be nice like like their favorites and their little like (laughs) notes about it you know what I mean like how they would have like a little picture in their little notes like I really want this one to have like your face and like some little (sighs) notes on it you know like I oh, think yeah. that would be really appropriate yeah. for this in the staff picks. I mean, we all obviously really liked it. So it's not like, oh, just only Paul. I just mean, you know, I want <laughs> I want you to have that honor <laughs> for this one. Wow. I'm I'm yeah. honored. <laughs> I'm I will I will happily take a, a Polaroid. If you will. I'm sorry. Uh, I'm sorry. Uh, I'm sorry. Uh, uh, well done. I'll stop right now. I will not say a word anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I'm addicted to puns. What can I say? Nope. <laughs> Listen, this do not make apologies on the show. That's for right. The puns, okay? Oh I man, like it. I well, like it when we all agree. I think yeah. It's, yeah. When we're in harmony, it's, it's really good. It's the power I, I, sh- of I should like Selena. I should like make a another yeah. like a secondary rating for Drake of like how many times he like I cried on him or laughed so hard I scared <laughs> him awake or you know something like that like Drake's reaction yeah, yeah. to me as I watch a movie is like <laughs> a thing. Um, but yeah, that's I feel good about this. I feel really good about it. And uh, thank you all. And and that's what we have for this week. Uh, I think it was a very special week and a really good Hella Diva pick uh for us i'm glad we did this one uh i want to say thank you so much uh for my co-hosts both of my co-hosts today uh and thank you all for listening and of course thank you double duty today to paul again bustikaka filamenta to bio i don't know if i'm saying that well i'm sorry if i'm no nope, fucking it up it. But <laughs> it. it's it's just really funny and i'm laughing every time i see it so you know it's good God, pussy cock. Anyway, uh, thank you so much, <laughs> Paul, for your double duty and uh, and, and helping the show not only, you know, not suck, but also being a part of it this week. Yeah. Yeah. Honestly, I am, again, uh, me siento muy excited <laughs> to be here. And it's, I'm very, very honored um, because, yeah, I, I love the show. I, I really oh. do genuinely love the show. And um, it's it really is a pleasure producing it so getting a chance to always kind of sit in the in the co-host seat is is a real pleasure so thanks for having me appreciate it and uh thanks for taking a polo right at me oh i'm like blushing right now i'm like oh paul this is so good (laughs) (laughs) thank you uh (laughs) we will uh you know we hope you do come back to your friendly neighborhood video store next week dear listeners and we will be continuing with the final happy pop holodiva (laughs) pick which was actually uh, it was actually a Discord pick, and the the voting closed, and we're going to be watching Romeo Must Die uh, next week. So that's going to be cool. a good one. We're going to have a lot of fun. We had a good month. This was a good run this month, honestly. It's yeah. been it's been real. 
Uh, so very, very, very exciting. Uh, and until then, we'd love for you to join our movie club. So come by fanbyte.casa and join the You Love to See It channel. Of course, for news, updates, discussions, special events, and things like voting, again, for, uh, for movies that we'll do. Uh, we love to hear from you, so please come on by. You can also, of course, uh, find all of our good shows on fanbyte.com slash podcasts. You can follow us on Twitter at Fanbyte Media, Instagram at Fanbyte, TikTok at Fanbyte, and of course on fanbyte.com, which just got redesigned and it looks really nice. Let's it looks go. really good. I'm really happy about it. And of course, you can watch our streams on twitch.tv slash fanbyte. So thank you again. Fernanda, where can people find you online? You can find me on Twitter at Nanda, that's N-A-N-D-A-P-R-A-T-E-S, Nanda Prates underscore. And Paul, I'll, I'll let you do the honors. I'm not going to say your name today, but Paul, where can people find you? Uh, you can find me at uh, Polymayo, it's P-O-L-I-M as in Mario, A-Y-O, where I will most definitely be posting uh, music videos <laughs> of Selena. Yes. So, um, as you should. Yeah. As I should. <laughs> Absolutely. 100%. Uh, I'm on Twitter at Danielle R.I. And I want to thank you all so much for visiting our uh, friendly neighborhood video store this week. Until next time, you love to see it.